Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. If you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach to a thousand subscribers, so anything will help. But here's where we'll start. So last week, or was Thursday, the NBA draft came. And with the draft, there's a lot of storylines that come, you know, you who's going to get traded or you know, who's going to get drafted number one. And we'll talk about all that. But first and foremost, congratulations to all the young men that got drafted into the NBA. Everybody that got drafted deserved to be drafted. I'm saying that because what what people like to do and I'm going to do today is we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about winners of the draft, losers of the draft, uh, some steals, some reaches. You know, we're just going to dissect the draft a little bit. We're not going to go through every pick, but we're going to dissect the draft a little bit. And of course, the, the 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 number one and the most the easiest draft or pick to 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 I'm not gonna say question, but we knew it was coming was Cade Cunningham going number one to the Detroit Pistons. First and foremost, first and foremost, before I keep going, hey man, I understand that you you know you gotta hype people up for ratings, and don't get me wrong, Cade Cunningham is an incredible player and will probably be an incredible player incredible player in the NBA. But boy, if I hear Kendrick Perkins say one more time that Cade Cunningham is the most complete player coming into the draft since LeBron James, I don't know what. I mean, I guess we're forgetting about KD. We're forgetting about Ben Simmons. We're forgetting about so many people that were highly touted, you know, before, after LeBron James. But shouts out to Cade Cunningham, man. And and honestly, shouts out, I, man. It's hard, man. It's hard. I'm I'm happy for Cade, bro. But a lot in the NBA, and it's in the NFL too. But it really is fit, man. It's where you go, and it sucks. I, I Detroit hasn't really shown the 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 hasn't shown that they are able to really develop a player that well. You know what I mean? And they haven't really been good since well. They've had, I mean, they, they've had years when they've gotten to the playoffs, but they haven't really been championship caliber since uh, the bad boys, man. But, you know, Cade is excited. Shouts out. They got Luka Garza as well, the 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 player of the year last year. Um, yeah, man, Cade was the easiest pick. You know what I'm saying? Now, of course, we heard a lot of stories saying who's going to go number one because the, the, the Detroit Pistons weren't sold on Cade. Cade is the best player in this draft. Don't get it confused. Like, <laughs> He 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 can defend. He's a six eight point guard, pretty much. He's what he he's 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 not as good as Ben Simmons, on you know at the whole point guard position as far as passing, and he's not as good as Ben Simmons defending. But you know he's six eight. He can put the ball on the ground. He he can get people open. He can find people. You know he's he's a complete player. Uh, again, he can play defense. He's not as good as Ben Simmons, of course, defensively, but he's still a good player. And I think Kay Cunningham was the easiest pick, the easiest pick. You know what I mean? So, you know, shouts out to him. And again, shouts out to all the people that got drafted. Another big, uh, uh, I'm going to say the first reach. The first reach, in my opinion, came at the fourth pick. First and foremost, when you get drafted in the top 10, which I think is crazy to me. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but it makes sense. You're pretty much getting drafted to bad teams. I mean, if you really look at the standings right now and look at the teams, Detroit's god awful, Houston's god awful since James Harden. 
uh, Cleveland's been got all of a since LeBron, the Magic, uh, OKC is not really good. You know, you d- you're not really getting drafted to uh, a, a, a good team. But this year we had an exception, which was the number four pick. Um, the number four went to Toronto Raptors. Now, due to some trades and everything, Toronto Raptors got the pick. And Toronto Raptors, see, at this pick, a lot of people projected that it was either going to be Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs that came out of Gonzaga, Evan Mobley that came out of USC. Both of them are, this is a deep draft. Let me first say this. This is a deep draft. And when I say reach in this pick, I'm not saying it was a bad pick. But to me, it was a reach. And I'm saying it was a reach because while Scotty Barnes is a really good player and one of the most versatile players in the in the in the entire draft a lot of people had Jalen Suggs or, or or well at the time a lot of people had Jalen Suggs going to this pick um and that really shows a lot of things it, it kind of shows you what direction the the Toronto Raptors I guess are trying to go in the Toronto Raptors have been trying to get off Pascal Siakam and or Kyle Lowry for a minute. They had an opportunity to do it at the trade deadline last year, but I guess they didn't like the offers they were getting. I don't know. But getting, I would have said this. If you would, if they would have got Jalen Suggs, I think it would have been, a, after this draft pick, you kind of know what they're doing, but you kind of don't. Scotty Barnes pretty much means that they're trying to really get off of Pascal Siakam. While Pascal Siakam is taller than Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes pretty much does the same, most of the same things that Pascal Siakam does. The only difference is he's younger. If they would have got Jalen Suggs, it would have been a lot easier to get off Kyle Lowry. You know, Jalen Suggs can play that guard position, not only, and then you, of course you give Fred Van Vliet more minutes. I say it's a reach because, like I said, Jalen Suggs, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, is better than Scotty Barnes, and. The Raptors are in need of a of of a guard. Now, again, I say they're in need of a guard because we know that they're trying to get rid of or trying to trade away Kyle Lowry. They've been trying to do it for a minute, and the 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 draft was supposed to help them do that. Now, getting Scotty Barnes, I don't know because Scotty Barnes can't. Well, he can play a guard position, but he's not really built, and he hasn't really needed to play the guard position. And I don't think while he is a versatile player. Playing the guard position in college, as we know, is extremely different from playing the guard position in in the NBA. So, I say that's a reach. Again, this is one of the deepest drafts we've had in a minute. Now, no, it's not 2003. It's not uh, 96. It's not 84. It's not none of that. But it is a deep draft. Because if you really look, most of these players, especially, it's not just in the top 10. Usually, there's about one or two players maybe five tops that can be uh, game changers. And when I say five tops, we're talking about going in. Of course, you have some diamonds diamonds in the rough. Like, nobody knew in the draft that Giannis was going to be the Giannis that he is today. Nobody knew that, um, I don't know, Damian Lillard was going to be this good. Nobody knew stuff like that. Now, they knew they were going to be good, but not top of the league good. So... This draft, however, has some big names. I mean, you have, like I said, Kay Cunningham. You have Jalen Green. You have Evan Mobley, uh, Jalen Suggs, Josh Giddy. You know, there's there was some Davion Mitchell who went ninth to the Kings, which is a really good pick. Uh, 
James Boonight, who went 11th to the Hornets. Really good pick. There's a lot of players in this draft that can be game changers day one. Now, game changers and franchise players are two different things. I think there are potentially maybe, I'll say maybe four or five franchise players, and even in that, that's pretty big. You know, usually you get maybe one or two franchise players, uh, if that. But this draft, I mean, Cade Cunningham, in my opinion, can be a franchise player. Jalen Green can be a franchise player out of the Ignite, the G League team. Uh, Evan Mobley, he's he, they said he's pretty much a hybrid uh, Chris Bosh, just taller. He can be a uh, franchise player. You need to see about Jalen Suggs. So there's a lot of players that can be a really, a, a really, can be franchise players. And when I say franchise of course, not out the gate. The, to me, the only player that's really the only two players that might be good out the gate, uh, three players is Cade Cunningham because he's pretty much the most. Like I said, I think he's the most gifted player in this draft. Jalen Green because of his experience with the G League team, and probably Jalen Suggs. Now, I don't think Jalen Suggs can be a star day one, but I do think that he'll have immediate impact. But that is that's another thing we're going to talk about, and that's. When you look at the draft, the draft is really supposed to tell you what your team is doing. And I don't get a sense of what the Orlando Magic is doing. The Orlando Magic kind of remind me of the Atlanta Dream, is it? The Atlanta Dream, no, is it the Dream? I don't remember what WNBA team, it might be the Atlanta Dream. I don't remember, but one of the WNBA teams that have a whole bunch of guards. Now, I understand at five... If Jalen Suggs is there, you get Jalen Suggs. That's what you do. Jalen Suggs is the best player available at the time. You get Jalen Suggs. The thing that I don't understand is what are the Orlando Magic doing? I mean, you have Jalen Suggs, who was a guard. You have Markel Fultz, who was a guard. Like, you, ha they have a lot of guards. And I only named two because those are pretty much the best two at this point. But it's like, what do you do? Where? What direction are you going? I don't... And, and we talk about this a lot. You got to know as a, as a team, you got to know a direction. And it doesn't really seem like the Orlando Magic have a direction or know where they're going. I don't I don't know because it's either they have too many bigs. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Jonathan Isaac. I don't know what they're going to do with Mo Bamba. Wait, I think they traded Jonathan Isaac. I don't know what they're going to do with the bigs. And, of course, they have a lot of guards. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I do understand when you have Jalen Suggs, you, you, you get Jalen Suggs. Um... A loser in this draft. I mean, no, we're going to stay with the winners a little bit. I think I think the Kings is a, had a really good draft. I mean, when you get Davion Mitchell at ninth, who a lot of people think are one of the best guards in the draft, I think that, you know, that that is a big – that's a great get. That's a great get because, I mean, the Kings, outside of – one thing that Davion Mitchell does really well is score the ball. I mean, you look at the Kings – at guard position, they only have De'Aaron Fox who can kind of score the ball. Now, when I say kind, I'm not – De'Aaron Fox can score the ball, but he's not really a shooter. Davion Mitchell is a shooter, and he will be great for that pick. I think um, Charlotte, like I say, getting James Boonight, I, I do want to see where he'll fit in with a Devontae Graham and a, and a, a LaMelo Ball since he is a guard, but he's a scoring guard. And I think, again, we'll have to see where that goes, but – you know, uh, I, I think that was a good pick. 
I think um, the Atlanta getting Jalen Johnson, I think, he, I mean, before, you know, the whole situation with Duke happened, he was touted as one of the, he could be a possible lottery pick. And the fact that they got him at 20, that's pretty big in my opinion. I think the Rock is getting Josh uh, Christopher. He was pretty good. He's reunited with Jalen uh, Green. I think the writing's pretty much on the wall for, well, no pun intended, but I think the writing's on the wall for John Wall. I don't think he'll be there uh, next season. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I think getting Josh Josh Christopher and Jalen Green definitely helps the Rockets because we know the direction the Rockets want to go in uh, as far as they don't really like bigs. So, because if they liked the big, in my opinion, they would have went with, I think Evan Mobley should have went second uh, over Jalen Green, but I understand the philosophy that the Rockets do, so... Another big get past, I guess, the top five or ten. Quentin Grimes. Quint. In fact, the it's not just Quentin Grimes, man. Uh, the Clippers had a really good draft. Uh, you know, getting Keon Johnson after after the trade with the Knicks. Um, getting Quentin Grimes, who was one of the better players in the draft. To me, the Clippers had a really good. Oh no, not. Well, no, they got Keon Keon Johnson. I think he's he's a really good get, seeing as though he's a guard. You really don't more than likely Kawhi Leonard's not going to be there the entire season. So you want someone that that can pair, that can score alongside uh, alongside what's his name, Paul George. Now, of course, you have to focus on re-signing Reggie Jackson, but you know I think those are good picks. Outside of that, another sleeper pick, I guess you can say. Is um, Denver getting uh, Nashawn Highland from VCU? I th- he's an incredible score. I do think he may need to put on some put on some weight. He is one seventy three and he looks pretty skinny. But I've seen him in person. That man can score the lights out of the ball. So I think you know in the second round, uh, I think Washington getting Isaiah Todd. That was a really good pick in my opinion. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, the Clippers again getting Jason uh, Peterson the trade to or trade from Orlando. I think that was big. Uh, and then you know there's there's some really good picks now. Now I think Utah got a big steal getting Jared Butler. First and foremost, I don't understand how Jared Butler got to the second round. Maybe it's a health thing. I don't know. But Jared Butler was projected to go if not late first round in the middle of the first round. The fact that you get him be a trade from New Orleans at the 40th pick. I think that's huge. Um, but, you know, oh, and Atlanta getting Sharif Cooper. I think the reason why Sharif Cooper fell was because of his size or height. He's only six one, and he's really ball dominant, which, of course, he's going to be ball dominant. He's a point guard. Uh, but I do think that – I do think that those are some good picks. Now, I think, again, most of these teams – most of these teams, uh, you really it, it's interesting to see who what are these players going to do in the summer league and who's going to make the final roster outside of, you know, compared to who's going to go to the G League and everything. But, you know, these, these are, again, this is a deep draft. The fact that a player like Sharif Cooper and Jared Butler are able to go to, or fall to the second round really shows you how deep this draft is. So... Those to me are some those are some really good picks. I guess you can say winners in this case. Uh, and 
we talked about to me a, a huge reach, which was Scotty Barnes is second. Now we're going to talk about a couple more reaches. First and foremost, M- Memphis getting Zaire Williams. Now I understand that Zaire Williams, you know, he pretty much has the typical NBA body. He's six eight. He's one eighty five, uh, and he plays four. He was a four at Stanford, but Memphis. That to me probably was the biggest reach and I'm not going to go ahead I'm not I'm gonna put it on the loser category but I'm not going to say it's the ultimate loser yet I'm just going to say it's a huge reach because there's a lot of players like I said you still had James Boonight you still had uh Chris uh Durante from Oregon who is probably a sleeper in this pick or draft so going to Indiana was huge but there's a lot of players that you could have got better in my opinion than him like I said Chris, like, <laughs> Zaire Williams is 6'8". Six, six, uh, Chris Durete uh, is 6'6". Six, six. Just two inches shorter, but to me, he's a better player. And I think that getting Zaire Williams was a reach, in my opinion. While he could be a really good player, he, to me, was, of course, the best player in Stanford. But I, I don't think, I think there was a lot of players that were still on the board that were better than him. That would have been better uh, for Memphis. So, you know, I think that was a reach. And honestly, uh, I I say it. The wall. The okay. So we'll talk about Ben Simmons in a second. But I think I think Golden State had a really good draft. You know, you get Jonathan Kaminga. Who a lot of people said is a is a is a really good player. Uh, he played for the G League last year. Um, he just needs to work on his shooting, but he's a Draymond Green type player. You also get Moses uh, Moody. First and foremost, before I keep going, did y'all see Kendrick Perkins try to say Moses Moody? Oh my gosh, Kendrick Perkins is comical relief, but. You get you get Moses Moody. If you just look at the draft, if you just look at the players in general, like the players as a whole, the Golden State had a really good draft. You get a Draymond Green type player in Jonathan Kaminga. You just have to develop his sh- shot because he's not a good shooter. And you have a, uh, a knockdown, a knockdown shooter pretty much in Moses Moody. But the reason why I can say they're winners and losers is because, like I said, in the winners column, those are two really good players. The fact that Jonathan Kaminga fell to seventh is surprising to me. And the fact that Moses Moody was still at 14 and he pretty much fits perfectly with what the Golden State does, those are huge wins. But the reason why they're also, I can also put that in the loss category is because Golden State did not want to make these picks. Golden State was trying desperately to trade the seventh and the fourteenth. That was pretty much the whole goal. I mean, you have Steph Curry, you have Klay Thompson. Well, coming back from two injuries, you have Klay Thompson, you have Draymond Green. Golden State's in win now mode. I mean, I know people forget, but just what two years ago they were completing their fifth in a row. When is it? 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, their fifth in a row NBA championship. I mean, NBA finals. So it's like. 
they're in win now mode. Steph Curry's in his like what 33. Klay Thompson, I think, is 31, 32. Draymond Green is 31, 32. They're in win now mode. So the I don't think that they want it. They they don't, especially when you have James Wiseman on the on the on the team who you still have to develop. Uh, and his develop kind of gets pushed back a little bit due to the injury. You have Andrew Wiggins, and they're going to figure out what they're going to do with uh, Kelly Oubre and stuff like that. But more than likely, Kelly Oubre is gone. While these are really good players, these players don't get them really closer to a championship. And they were trying hard, to, and, and, which rightfully so. They were trying hard to get, you know, they were trying to find some, they, they wanted to trade the 7th and 14th. And while the 7th and 14th, in, in a lot of people's eyes, like, I mean, there's it's only 7th and 14th. Because, like I said, this draft is so deep. Like I said, Jonathan Kaminga for another team could be huge. Uh, Moses Moody could be huge for another team because these are really good players, and this is a deep draft. The fact that you know Golden State they didn't want to make this, they didn't want to make those. They 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 tried desperately. They tried to get Ben Simmons, and we'll talk about like I said, Ben Simmons in a second. They they asked around about so many people. Uh, it's I. Again, winners because those are good players that they got, but they're also losers because they weren't able to find a trade partner for those pit or you know for those picks because they tr- they're trying to get all star caliber players already. Now, of course, things can still happen. You know, people can still get traded. Hell, J- yesterday we just saw Tristan Thompson got traded to Atlanta, then got traded to uh, the Kings. So things can still happen, but. I do think that Golden State did not want to make those picks uh, because they wanted to bring an all-star caliber type player to the team, uh, a player that you don't really need to develop. And that, to me, is not Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody. However, those are good picks. Those are good players, and to me, they'll be really good in the league. So that's why you can kind of put Golden State in the winners and losers column. Um, Other than that, there... There were some reaches. Uh, I think we need, like, Washington, uh, Corey Kissip. We need to see how how good he is. Of course, he was really good for Gonzaga. But a lot of things that he does is going to help Washington. But there's a lot of things that he doesn't do that Washington definitely needs. Now, I understand Washington traded a pick to get Aaron Aaron Holiday. So, I, I don't think he's a starting caliber player. But, you know. Uh, I think that'll be cool. See, see how that goes. Um, other than that, there. This again. This is a deep draft, man. This is a really deep draft. Uh, Kia Jones uh, going to or Kay Jones going to Charlotte was was pretty good for them. Trey Mann going to OKC was big. Troy Murphy. We need to see. I think he his stock really rose in the 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 combine. So see see where that goes. So. You know, I think that there's there's some really good picks here, man. There's some really good picks. Uh Cameron Thomas and uh what's the names? Um Brooklyn getting uh Deron Sharp from from I think Deron Sharp probably should have stayed another year in UNC, but he is a big young guard. I mean he's a big young center, he's six eight. Uh and of course we know you know, um DeAndre Jordan is it might be over with for him. So that was big. So I think this is a good draft. Uh I think if we're gonna do the biggest winner of the draft, I think I'm gonna go with Detroit. 
I mean, I know it's easy to say, but you get the best player in the draft in, in Cade Cunningham at number one. You also get Luca Garza, who was the player of the year last year. Yeah, I think I think you had a good draft. Another big winner, I guess, in my opinion, was Houston. Uh, getting Jalen Green, getting Josh, um, getting Josh, Christopher, getting Usman, uh, Garb, uh, Garaba. Yeah, that was that was those are pretty good picks. Um, and I think that I guess if we're gonna say the biggest loser, I, I mean, maybe. I don't I don't know, man. Maybe Golden State because that while they have some really good picks, they didn't really want to make those picks. Uh they wanted to trade those picks. You can kind of say uh Toronto reaching for Scotty Barnes. Um maybe the Magic because you I mean, after Jalen Suggs you get Franz Wagner of Wagner Wagner, the brother of Mo Wagner, so I, I don't know. It's no the Knicks. The Knicks had a really inch, weird trade, man. They were trading their picks left and right. You trade your 19th pick. You trade your 21st pick. It's like, I don't... Why are you trading all these picks, man? You need these people. Like, it, it's... I don't... That was that was a little confusing to me. Like, why 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 are the Knicks doing all these trades? Like, it, it didn't... I don't I didn't know what they were doing. They traded... Uh, trade the 32nd pick. Like, it, it was... It was just weird. It was just weird. So the only player that they drafted that they actually kept, like they drafted and kept, was the 58th pick. So I don't know. Actually, another reach I remember before I keep, before I move on was um was dude from Tennessee. Um, no, 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 no. Okay, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep moving. We're gonna keep moving. But there was another reach I remember, and we were like, "Oh, okay." I don't know, but again, congratulations to all the players. Um, they got drafted, and you guys definitely deserve it. And, and the people that got signed, like I said, a uh, homie from Michigan—I forgot his name—he got signed. There's a lot of players that, while they didn't get drafted, they did get signed. So just because you didn't get drafted doesn't mean that your story's over with. Uh. And I'm, I'm excited to see how these players, because the league is changing. We talk about this all the time. The league is changing. It's getting better and better year after year uh, with players, you know, more ready than usual coming into the league. So I'm excited to see. Now, we just talked about Golden State, but the, another big cloud that was gloom, uh, glooming over the NBA draft was what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. So... You're hearing a lot of conflicting stories. You're hearing the 76ers want to keep him. You're hearing the 76ers want him gone. You're hearing Ben Simmons wants to stay with the 76ers. You're hearing Ben Simmons wants out. It's like you're hearing a lot of conflicting stories. When I hear that, the only thing I think is Ben Simmons wants to go. The fact that you're hearing all these stories, like what's true, what's not, that means there hasn't been a definitive I want to stay. And... We sit here today, Saturday, Ben Simmons has not been traded, meaning he didn't get traded in the draft. Um, now, the, the, only, the only real tr- trade you heard that was proposed was Golden State and, and Philly. 
of course, Golden State was going to get Ben Simmons. But Philly was asking for the 17th pick. I mean, no, 7th pick, 14th pick, Andrew Wiggins, uh, James Wiseman, and two future first-round picks. So, altogether, that's six players for Ben Simmons. Let me first say this. Uh, I don't know who I don't know who Philly thinks Ben Simmons is but he's not that <laughs> let me just say that Ben Simmons is an incredibly talented player but to give up four draft picks plus two starters pretty much yeah no, I don't know about that I don't know about that now I will say this Philly is in a bad spot right now they're in a bad spot because not only Ben Simmons still on the team, especially what happened after the, the 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 Atlanta series, but Ben Simmons could have been gone. And when I say that, I don't know if you remember, but Philly was about to get James Harden for Ben Simmons. The only problem is they didn't want to give up Ben Simmons for James Harden. Look at just think how different and how much better, in my opinion, the 76ers would be if it was James Harden and Joel Embiid outside of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The other problem, the next problem they have is Ben Simmons' stock is at an all-time low right now. People know the people know the benefit of Ben Simmons. People know how good Ben Simmons is. That to me is not questionable. You know how good Ben Simmons is. The problem is people also know Ben Simmons' biggest flaw. The thing about the playoffs is it shows your highest of highs and also shows your lowest of lows. Ben Simmons is an incredible player, incredible defender. He can play, he, of course, he's, he's a 6'8 or 6'9, well, actually 6'11 pretty much. He's 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 a he's a big point guard. Like Ben Simmons is an incredible player. The problem is in a game today where shooting is king, not only can he not shoot, he is scared to shoot. And that does not bode well for a lot of teams. Um so the fact that a player like that, well, yes, Ben Simmons has some incredible upside. And the other the also the biggest the to me the Biggest, biggest problem about Ben Simmons is his shot has not improved at all. This will be his, what, fourth or fifth year in the league, and it hasn't improved at all. So why would I give a player like Andrew Wiggins, who's a good, a decent shooter, James Wiseman, who's a starting, or their starting center when he's healthy, uh, and four draft picks for a player that you know you're going to get an incredible defender, you're going to get someone that can handle the ball, but you're also going to get a liability offensively as far as shooting the ball in games. And the problem with that is you already have a person that's not good at shooting the ball at all, and that's Draymond Green. So on the floor when the game, you know, game in crunch time, you have at least two players. You have two all-worldly shooters, and that is Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. But then you're going to have two players that's – all-worldly horrible at shooting, and that's Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I mean, not Joel Embiid, uh, Draymond Green. So the last thing I want to do is give up all those pieces, all those offensive pieces at that, and for Ben Simmons. Well, yes, Ben Simmons is an incredible player. That's not what we're doing. So I, I think, I think, Philly is in a bad spot, and because of that, more than likely Ben Simmons is going to be on their team, in my opinion, 
for the start of the season. I think look towards the trade deadline because what, what I think Philly is going to do is they're going to try to get Ben Simmons' stock incredibly high again. While his, his stock is high, it's not as high as that you as it should be. And when I said it's, an incred- it's, it's low in terms of Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is an incredible athlete. It's just we the last time we saw Ben Simmons, he was giving up a, a game. Like he only took four shots or three shots in game seven as a starting point guard. Uh, with Trey Young on him, so I think they're you know Ben Simmons is more than likely going to start the season with with Philly, and I think by trade deadline he's probably going to be gone. Um, another team to look at with the trade deadline that didn't really make well they couldn't make any moves and they didn't have any draft picks is Portland. I they need to make it. They know they need to make a change. What look to see maybe Demar Derozan. Uh, I don't know, but they need to make a change. Of course, with Dame, we've heard the frustration that he has. Not saying that he's trying to get traded because clearly he's been shooting that down left and right now. But we do know that he's frustrated with the organization as far as bringing talent around him. So we do need to see where that is. Um, And again, look to see what Golden State does. While they did draft some incredible players, they're still trying to get an all-star caliber player. So still, you know, like I said, the 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 all season is still long. Well, it's actually short because I think they're coming back in like September, October. Uh, but look to see what happens. Um, but outside the draft, and we're gonna move forward. The biggest biggest box off box blockbuster or box office, whatever you want to call it, move that happened before or during or before the trade was Russell Westbrook getting traded from Washington to L.A. Uh, and of course, Washington gets back Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harold, uh, CP3 or C, uh, KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and the 22nd pick, which they which they ultimately traded for Aaron Holiday, who plays for Indiana or played for Indiana. First and foremost, first and foremost, I feel bad for Buddy Hill. For people that don't understand. Uh, let's let's just let's just kind of at five fifty. Let's just let's just put some time to it. At five fifty, Woes drops. Yo, this the the Lakers are trading for Buddy Hill or in talks to trade for Buddy Hill. Um, of course for KCP, Montrez Harold and Kuzma. And then at six o'clock, he goes. The Lakers are in advanced talks with the Wizards to get Russell Westbrook. I was like, damn. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> Damn, man, that sucks for the man Buddy. So Buddy Hill goes from potentially playing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James to staying with the Kings. <laughs> so I feel, bad. I feel bad for Buddy. But needless to say, the Lakers get Russell Westbrook. Um, let's just talk. Let's first talk on the Wizards standpoint. It was going to, I guess the right, well, you we knew that it was going to be hard for the Wizards to re-sign uh, first and foremost, I say first and foremost a lot. I realize that, but to start, I said before you have to make a decision: Are you going to try to extend Russell Westbrook, or are you trying? Are you going to trade Russell Westbrook? You had to make that decision now because I th- I thought that the Russell Westbrook decision was also going to affect the the Bradley Bill decision. If Bradley Bill is going to stay, uh, and but. You heard a lot of reports saying, you know, Russell Westbrook pretty much wanted out of Washington. He didn't want to stay there long term. And, of course, Washington got 
what they got from L.A. Uh, and luckily, I guess, I mean, you're hearing reports, but, you know, reports are saying that with Russell Westbrook leaving, that hasn't changed Bradley Beal. Uh, he wants to st- he wants to remain on the team. Good for him and, and try to build, try to build. Hey, whatever works for you, bro. And Washington did get some good pieces. Now, of course, I love. I'm a Washington fan until further notice. But the, a lot of and we like the bad because Washington doesn't really do good with trades. We know this. Um, but Washington did an okay job. I mean, you get. Kyle Kuzma, you get Montrez Harold, and Montrez Harold to me is a better uh, Thomas Bryant. Now we know Thomas Bryant got injured last year, and KCP is a really good shooter. That's a, that's one thing that um, Washington has always struggled with. While they have, while they do take a lot of threes, they struggle with making a lot of threes outside of maybe Bertans and and Bradley Beal. But you get you get a three and D player like KCP. Uh, while he does have some incredibly low lows, he is a good 3-and-D player, and I think that he'll be able to help a Bradley Bill uh, as well. When Kuzma's on, like, he's cool, but Kuzma, he be, he be tripping sometimes, so we need to see what happens with that. And it takes Russell Westbrook's, you know, contract off the books. Not to mention you're not going to have to resign him for a big, you know, I think he was scheduled to make like 44 million next year like you know that takes that contract off so that's good and it does leave room uh you're hearing maybe rumors of spencer dinwiddie might sign with washington you're hearing uh maybe well with this russell westbrook move i don't know if the lakers can afford demar Derozan. so you're hearing maybe washington i don't know uh, I don't know what's going on. I do think that we need a starting caliber point guard. So I don't know where they're gonna where they're gonna get that from at this point. But I don't think I think Aaron Holiday is better than who we have right now, which is pretty much nobody and Ish Smith. But Ish Smith is is a better backup than starter. So I don't, I don't know where Washington. But I do. I was I do like the move. If if Russell Westbrook was gonna go, I do think this is the best you're gonna get for Russell Westbrook. I think. You know, getting three players, two of which are starting caliber players and well, pretty much four players because you pretty much get Aaron Holiday. So three pretty much starting caliber players and a really good backup player at times and Kyle Kuzma. And even if you don't want to keep Kyle Kuzma or any of these players, they're pretty much easy to trade because they're 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 good players other places. Um, I think it was good. Now, let's look at this trade from. The Lakers standpoint. Uh, I don't. I understand the lore of getting Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's he's from California. He's pretty much playing at home. But I don't know the fit, man. I don't know if this is a good fit. And I say that because we've seen Russell Westbrook play with incredible scores. We've seen Russell Westbrook play with James Harden twice, once when James Harden wasn't as good as he is now and was a bench player. And of course, James Harden on the Rockets. We've seen Russell Westbrook play with an all world uh, Kevin Durant when he was with OKC. We saw we saw Russell Westbrook play with Paul George, uh, who finished third in MVP that year. We also saw him play with Melo. And of course, we've seen him play with Bradley Bill, who finished second in scoring. With all that, Russell Westbrook still has struggled with 
playing alongside scores. These are all scores that I mentioned. James Harden, Kevin Durant, uh, Bradley Bill, Paul George. Like, these are all scores that he struggled playing with. Now, I'm not saying that he's like a cancer or anything. I'm just saying the the way in which Russell Westbrook plays basketball is tough to play with. He, he's been tough to play with as far as scores. Now, who is Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook is an incredible talent. Triple-double king, one of the most athletic, if not the most athletic point guard we've ever seen. Uh, of course, he's going to go down to history as one of the greatest athletes we've the league has ever seen. Um, I didn't say basketball, but I said athletes. <laughs> and Russell Westbrook is a gem. You know what I'm saying? Russell Westbrook is a player that a lot of people take for granted because of his lack of success as far as winning a championship. But Russell Westbrook is an incredible player. But with all that being said, Russell Westbrook does with all the with all the good stuff you get from Russell Westbrook, you do get some bad. Like that that has Russell Westbrook has a tough time. Uh, in late game situations, because Russell Westbrook can't shoot, he is god awful at shooting the ball. He he has gotten worse at shooting year after year after year. Um, worse, gotten worse, not better. Uh, he his 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 decision making is kind of questionable in late game situations. I mean, we all <laughs> we I don't know if you remember there was a Washington game where they were trying to win and Russell Westbrook just threw it. He threw it to nobody, and they lost the game. Like, Russell Westbrook, his decision-making in, in late-game situations is questionable. Um, and the reason why I'm saying I don't know this is going to be a good fit is because we know that Russell Westbrook flourishes the most with the ball in his hands. Another person that flourishes the most with the ball in his hands is LeBron James, who will go down as arguably the greatest greatest basketball player ever. Um, and the reason why I don't know if that's going to work is because neither one of them are quality off-ball players. As far as they're not, they don't have a reliable shot like that. Now, while LeBron James is a better shooter and, of course, scorer than, Le, than, than Russell Westbrook, they both aren't, to me, quality level shooters enough to play off ball not to mention they're not used to playing off ball. if you look at every single team Russell Westbrook has played for he's tried to be the ball dominant even with James Harden when they went when they were with the Rockets he was trying to be the the ball dominant player Washington ball dominant player like Russell Westbrook has never had to play off ball. I think the one time, no, he didn't even really even try to, he wasn't even playing off ball during Team USA. Like he was mainly with the ball. Now he is an incredible facilitator, but when you look at the players that the Lakers have, their best player, they only have what, four, three, three or four, four players under contract. That's Russell Westbrook, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Mark Gasol. Like they don't know what, and, and outside of that, their best score or the, not score, their best shooter, I guess, is Wesley Matthews. And it's like, what the hell is Wesley Matthews doing at this point? So I just don't know if that's a good fit. And I talked about this before. I would have picked maybe a, a CP3. Um, hell, I don't, I mean, I don't think they would have get Dane, but maybe a Dane. But I, I don't know. I, I understand the allure of getting Russell Westbrook because, I mean, he's a triple-double king. He is a he's a former MVP, of course, but 
and of course he played with LeBron James and Anthony Davis for Team USA, or played with LeBron James and Anthony Davis for Team USA. But I, I just don't think it's gonna fit. I think that they're gonna be incredible players still. I just don't think this makes them better than I don't know Brooklyn or whatever. Like, and honestly, I don't know if this makes them better than the Bucks because, again, it, it, who's gonna score? I mean, who's gonna shoot the ball? Russell Westbrook is not good and has never played off ball. LeBron James has never played off ball. Of course, you know Anthony Davis is, but they don't have any shooters, even if they bring back all the players that they had last year. Um, as far, well, that's, that's you know, except for Kuzma, Harold, and CP, uh, KCP. Their best, their best shooters is what? Wesley Matthews and Taylor Horton Tucker? Like, that's not going to cut it, bro. So, now of course they could still make some moves, but they don't you don't make this Russell Westbrook move and of course you know, you don't make this move and pretty much blow it up as much as you did if you didn't plan on keeping him. So, I don't know what's going to happen. Um I do think that Russell Westbrook again, again is still a great player, is still a uh at least a top 10 point guard in this league at this point. But I just don't think he was a good fit for, you know, I don't think he was a good fit for, uh, for the Lakers, especially playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two players that don't really have that much of a reliable jump shot. And Russell Westbrook does not have a reliable jump shot at all. So, you know, I think it's interesting. I think, you can kind of see wins in both directions as far as you can see a win for Washington. You can see a win for the Lakers, but you can also see, I mean, was Washington, Washington now needs a, how, where they're going to get a, a starting point guard, really. They're kind of back to, they need to me a score, like someone outside of, KCP can shoot the ball, but he's not really a score. I think the only score they really have is Bradley Beal. I think that they need to try, like I said, try to get a Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe try to get a DeMar DeRozan, maybe try to get a Mello. I don't know, but uh, they need some, they need more of a score. Uh, and so you can see wins and losses for both teams, Lakers and Washington. So that's probably the biggest, like, whoa, that happened in the, in the draft uh, or it happened. Yeah. It happened pretty much before slash during the draft. So, Definitely, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting. It's definitely going to be an interesting, um, interesting off season. Not to mention, we do. I mean, Quietus is kept, and I guess we'll talk about this a little later, as far as like later down the road. But what happens with Kawhi Leonard? You know, he's injured. He still he has a player option. Of course, we're hearing he's going to sign it. But do the does the team really? You know, we'll, we'll talk about it. But does the team really want to keep? Run, Kawhi Leonard another year if you see the success that you had with Paul George and, and complimentary players and Kawhi Leonard is going to be expensive he's constant I'm not gonna say constantly hurt but you know he's gonna miss games for well he's gonna miss pretty much the whole season next year so it's definitely a conversation that we'll have and of course we'll talk about it later down the road but it's just focused on Russell Westbrook to LA and and everybody and everything I'm definitely excited to see and it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens next season. You know what I mean? So, we'll see. So, moving forward. Another, you know. So, 
we talk about trade deadlines a lot. And in the recent years, there there there's been some huge tr- trade deadline news. There's been some huge uh trades. Doesn't mean that it's really, you know, busy, but there's been some huge trades both with the NBA, um both with the NFL. You know, trade deadlines are big. I say all that to say the MLB had an had a busy and I mean busy trade deadline. Like they, they got busy. Like and that's the thing like it, their trade deadline of course seeped over to the NBA draft of course with COVID and everything changing the season and stuff. There was, you know, there was some there's some big big names on the move and and the end, this is probably one of the most eventful trade deadlines that the MLB has seen in recent years. Uh, now, we all know, like I said before, I was I'm a, I'm a Washington pretty much everything fan. I was born and raised in Maryland. Uh, of course, spent some time well, lived in D.C. as well a lot, but of course, I'm a Nationals fan, and. <laughs> At the trade deadline, we saw the Nationals trade three-time Cy Young winner Matt Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers. We saw the Nationals also trade John Lester to the Cardinals and Daniel Hudson to the Padres. We also saw the Nationals trade Kyle Schwarber to the Boston, I mean to the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but we trade three-time Cy Young winner, all-star, a quality relief pitcher in Daniel Hudson, and John Lester, who is an incredible veteran. What does this all say? This all First and foremost, Washington is punted on this season. Ever since Strasburg had the neck injury, they punted on this season. They understand that there's really no, there's really no op, like, there's no foreseeable way that they're not, not only making it. To, they still can kind of, maybe they still could have. Let me say, kind of, maybe snuck into the playoffs, but there's no way in heaven or hell they were making it to the World Series and winning it all. That's not happening. What Washington, what you're seeing Washington do is they're pretty much kickstarting their 2022 and on season. Now, when you look, you said, damn, you're giving up Matt Scherzer, who, of course, is a future Hall of Famer, the best pitcher, the, 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 the best pitcher this organization has ever had, one of the greatest pitchers ever. We're trading him and Trey Turner, who was, a, of course, a former all-star shortstop who was incredibly uh, important for the Nationals winning the championship, what, two years ago? You're looking, it's like, yo, you trade, not to also, you trade Kyle Schwar- uh, Schwarber, you trade John Lester, you trade Daniel Hudson. It's like you're trading all these players. You're, you're like, what are you doing? Now, from the Dodgers, you're getting some really good prospects. And, and that's the thing that people, including myself, did not understand or do not understand sometimes. It's like people don't, prospects are incredibly important in baseball. 
because baseball does a lot of you know minor league stuff and and the double A's, triple A. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a tough long road to get to the majors in baseball. So there's a lot of promising po- prospects that just haven't been called up. It's kind of like players going to the G League in basketball, except the difference is the G League. Like they they have some talent. They have some World Series type talent, and they just haven't made it yet. Um, and what you're seeing is you're seeing the national. So the Nationals have usually been ha, has they're usually centered around pitching. They're usually centered around, like I said, Matt Scherzer. And they're usually centered around Steven Strasburg. That was their calling card. In fact, pitching was really big in the World Series. And of course, you had Anthony Rendon. You know, you had some big players. Um, but what you're starting to see is kind of like what the Padres are doing with, uh, Tatis, kind of like what the Angels are doing with Matt, uh, what's his name? With, uh, Otani, kind of like what, uh, the, the Rays are doing. No, not, uh, the Blue Jays are doing with Vladimir. They're, they're, the Nationals are pretty much trying to build around their young star, which is Juan Soto. Matt Scherzer is is pretty much towards the end of his, I'm not gonna say career, but I'm gonna say prime. He's you know he's dealt with some injuries. He he doesn't have the same velocity on the ball that he had, of course, when he was at Matt Scherzer. And I'm not I'm not discrediting Matt. Do not get me confused. Matt Scherzer is still a Hall of Famer. He's still the greatest pitcher Washington Nationals have ever had. Uh, Trey Turner, he's dealt with some injury, and he but and he's an incredible shortstop, but. Trey Turner, while he was big for the for the World Series run, you know he's been he's been nicked with some injuries and everything, and the prospects that they're getting, they're leaving a lot of money off. You know, a lot of money is leaving with a uh, Matt Scherzer, with a Trey Turner, with a uh, John Lester, with a Kyle Schwarber, with a uh, Daniel Hudson, and of course they are. There, again, it's I'm not gonna say a full rebuild because you have incredible, you have really good players. It's like they're trying to move, they're punting on 2021. They know 2021 is not the year for Washington to make any type of run. So wait to see what happens 2022, 2023, 2024. Like I said, the beauty is Juan Soto is their best player, and he's still young. I think he's like 24. So he's going to be young in the next coming years. And, of course, you're going to see what these prospects do. And the good thing about that is even if the prospects don't pan out, they can easily be moved. And there's not a lot of money on the books. And, of course, you're going to have to pay Juan Soto big money. So Washington, they're garbage. They're garbage right now. But they definitely have, you know, looking looking as a fan looking in, it's like, damn, bro, like, Matt Scherzer, three-time Cy Young winner? Like, what are you doing? Like, it's tough. It's tough seeing Matt Scherzer, Trey. It's tough seeing all those players leave. But in a, in a, in a front office standpoint, you kind of understand. It's like, all right, well, you know, Matt Scherzer's kind of on his last leg as far as in his prime. Uh, Trey Turner, he can be, you know, he's going to command like 300-plus million coming up. And I don't know if Washington can or wants to pay that. Uh, John Lester, he's he hasn't been as impactful as we thought he was. Neither is Daniel Hudson. So they're gonna try. They're trying to build their team around uh, around the great or around Juan Soto. So I understand. But again, I tip my hat to uh, the player. Like I said, Matt Scherzer, 
Trey Turner, Daniel Hudson, John Lester, Kyle Schwarber. I, I, I tip my hat to you guys. You know, as a Washington fan, you guys meant a lot. Uh, definitely Matt. Max. Definitely Max Scherzer. Uh, one of the greatest, you know, I I watched Washington win and I was there. Uh, I saw them win. Well, they did lose here. But, you know, he, he brought the only championship to the city. So, um, shouts out to you guys. Uh, there And there was also some – another thing that you see – we're going to kind of move on. Another thing that you see is the rich get richer, you know. A lot of people talk about, oh, you know, Washington won a national championship. I mean, won a uh, won a World Series, so that means, um, you know, the small markets are back. No, uh, again, the Dodgers just got Matt Scherzer and Trey Young, or Trey Turner, and the Yankees got Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs and Joey Gallo from the Rangers. Two of the biggest teams as far as markets, and the Dodgers just got incredibly better with pitching and incredibly better at shortstop when they also had players like, you know, Mookie Betts and um, Clayton Kershaw. Like, they just got incredible. Like, imagine imagine in a series, one game you're seeing Clayton Kershaw, then the next game you got to go up against Matt Scherzer. Like, God damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then, of course, the, the Yankees that already have Aaron Judge, that already have Giancarlo Stanton, they then get Anthony Rizzo, who is a home run beast, and Joey Gallo, who is a home run beast. So the rich getting rich, man. The rich getting richer. That's that's just that's what happens with trade deadlines. And when one team has more money than the others, it's like, hey, let's make some moves. I mean, another some other big moves. Uh, Craig Cabell, who is an eight-time All Star, he goes to the White Sox. That's pretty big. And Chris Bryant, who was an incredible piece for the Cubs and a very integral piece for the Cubs winning their first championship since like 1901 or something like that. He gets straight to San Fran. You know, like I said, we're not going to go over every single trade, but this was an this was a very eventful trade deadline for uh the MLB. And I think that, you know, when you look at teams as stacked as the Dodgers or as stacked as the Yankees, the trade deadline is definitely, you know, it, it's it's big for teams that are close to the playoffs. Like I said, the Padres got a little better. It's like, what what are the Padres going to do with Daniel Hudson? They have more of a relief pitcher. Um, you know, I'm excited to see which which I think maybe Matt Scherzer's definitely Max Scherzer's definitely going to be big for the Dodgers, especially if they go deep in the playoffs. Same as uh, Anthony Rizzo playing alongside Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And of course, we know Giancarlo Stanton does have a tough time staying staying healthy. So the fact that you can bring in Anthony Rizzo, who was incredible, that's you know, I can kind of understand what I mean. I can understand what the the Nationals are doing. I do not understand what the Cubs are doing. Like you trade, you trade Chris Bryant, who's still an incredible player. You trade Anthony, you trade your two best players, pretty much. Like, what are you doing? I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get. I don't know what direction they're going in. I don't. They, 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 they don't have no player. You would think Anthony Rizzo was the player that they're building around. That's not happening. Chris Bryant was still pretty good. That's not. I don't. I don't know. But you know, like I said, the MLB, MLB, uh. The MLB trade deadlines come and went, and it, it definitely produced some some big some big moves, some big moves. So, 
definitely move forward to see, you know, how this affects World Series or playoff seating and how if this ultimately affects the World Series. So I'm excited to see. And lastly, before we go, so the Simone Biles situation, as we know, uh, she backed out of the Olympics uh, due to mental health reasons um, that pretty much clouded uh, the Olympics. The Olympics as a whole has been has been getting hit hard. I mean, Simone Biles had you know, mental health, of course, going in. We know about Naomi Osaka, the, the weed incident with Shakara Richardson, players getting covid uh, team USA. While the team, the men's, well, the women's team has not lost. The men's team bounced back, and and they're one and one right now, or two and one, I believe. Um, Shouts out to the three on three women's team, uh, Kelsey Plum and them. They won the world uh, gold gold medal. Uh, the the Olympics has been taking a hit, man. But what I wanted, what I didn't want to do is, of course, we still support. Um, Simone Biles, she's still the greatest Olympian or greatest gym, gymnast ever. Uh, I mean, they have moves named after her. But I didn't want that to shadow, overshadow the fact that Suni Lee, who is, an, uh, of course, American, but she has, uh, I think, Asian descent. Uh, she wins gold for women's gymnasts, for, for the women's gymnasts all around. So pretty much she's the all-around best gymnast that's remaining in the in the thing. Again, I wanted to shout her out because a lot of people are pretty much coming to her. Of course, they support her because she's, you know, Team USA and everything. But a lot of people were coming to her and saying the only reason why you're winning this is because Simone Biles isn't there. And, you know, it, it, you don't deserve this, this, and a third. Bro, like I say in basketball, you play who you play. You play who's on the court. Um, shouts out to Sonny Lee. She definitely deserved it. Again, these people, these Olympians, bro, are doing things that I couldn't even imagine. Not to mention the weight of the world on their shoulders. Like, there's so much weight because you have one. You have to be your best. You're going against the best of that other countries has to offer, and you have the weight of representing the United States on, and everyone in the United States is looking. And like you know, critiquing you and stuff. So I, I understand like this tone is not easy. Let me say, I can't imagine how it is, but I can, I know it ain't easy. And yeah, man, I, I wanted to end my show with congratulations and shout out to Sunny Lee or yeah, Sunny Lee for winning goals in women's gym gymnastics all around. You know, definitely deserved. She was incredible. She she went into the world uh, to Olympics as I think the number two uh, gymnast in the world. Uh, so hey, congratulations to you. Proud of you. Keep keep being keep being great. Keep being legendary, like Kobe would say. And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, if you want to. Uh, unpopular podcast merch if you want a hoodie a shirt if you want a long sleeve a sweater joggers the link is in the description below i have multiple multiple designs multiple colors so go i'm i'm almost sure you're gonna find one that you like and as well as in the color that you like just click on it you can change the color go get you some merch today also please subscribe to the youtube channel again i'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers so anything would help 
again, I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And until next time, much love. Came out bustin', came out puffin', came out fuckin' on your cousin. I do all these bruises, worse than they daddy, but you love her, you in trouble. I'm the sending, I'm gon' bother to a setting. That's your busy, it ain't shit. I went shopping, left it running, check my honeys, check my onion. We watch cable and my auntie, cause my papa wasn't trapping, but my uncle put the setting. Mr. Magic, Billy, that shit, Mr. Magic, Billy, that shit, miss me with that local hate. I'm not surprised, I'm on the rise, been on the ride, red is my eyes, spam it a lot, just hold it down, all I require, just hold it down, they gon' shit talk you when we on the round, nigga be hating when feet on the ground, got the little jet with the beat on the couch, melt on the Gucci and beat on the mouth, came out buzzing, 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 came out Wait, Chanel on my feet, yeah, that's full on my seats. I be fucking with the beast, like Muhammad Ali. Dip her up, cut this thing. Got your bitch on the edge of her seat. She on the ecstasy, I'm on the beat. Swear the ecstasy, edge of my V. And usually, I like repetitive beat. I like the way that she move on my meat. All of these bitches, they look good to me. But I fuck the same girl, cause I don't even cheat. That is a lie, I'm repetitive freak. I don't even look, no, I don't even seek. I don't even peek. G5, G5, repetitive G. I'm trying to get out of motherfucking cheese. Bitch, I'm a boss, I'm wherever it be. On tour, I see more. I told them motherfuckers feed me beats. Just like my music, your bitch, she gon' listen. Came out buzzing, 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 came out buzzing. I'm bro running, I'm so cunning. I take digi, fat for a button, pet port shouted, airport pilot, NASCAR audit, one time bombing, two white bitches, still gon' pick it, flash it, kick it, still toe pigeon, young lag sleazy, get back with you, step back. Hit him with the stuff bad switch it. Hey nigga, hoping that it melt my kisses. Shit might triple, shit might missile, shit might hit you. Free G Walker, that might Cody, that might nigga. I've been stacking for him, really. When he pull up, they gon' end it. He went platinum up in prison. I'm just flowing on the river. Please be early, please be gorgeous, please be with it, please be for it. Let me do donuts in your forehead. Let me play number eight while I do it. Let me control it, I can control it. Either with one hand, maybe with nothing. Play with my zipper, play with my bubble. That was your sister, that was my summer. Came out buzzing, came out. 